I would just call it uh, Potent's uh, uh, sacks on the on the gas. Mr. President, you mean Putin's gas tax? Yeah, just uh, call it that. Uh, or just say we're uh, you know, trying super hard. Yeah, we'll try that. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile. Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. This week, part of the week is Bulwark Capital Management. We appreciate you guys so much. Zach, and in fact, the entire team. I got to meet a bunch of the team at the uh, event in Bothell a few months ago. Fantastic people. Know your risk radio.com. We're going to begin a series early. Normally, you'd wait till next year. But we'll revisit this stuff as, as facts renew and we get closer to the presidential election. And that is that we're going to make the case for some of the people who, well, maybe front runners or just maybe people we think could do a good job. And I think you know my view on presidential candidates. That for me, number one thing is that they're godly people. And that is in my construct of things. My belief is, of course, that Christ Jesus is our savior. Um, He is the truth, the way, and the life, and no one gets to the father but through him. That's my view. And that's how I try to live. I think we've divorced ourselves or divorced the, the, the fact of God from politics to our great detriment. So first thing for me is godly behaviors. And recognizing that there is, in fact, a prescription, a biblical prescription on how to be a godly leader. And at the core of that is humility. It's the model that uh, the Lord Jesus laid out when he came to serve and not be served. And that's absolutely how he lived his ministry. That's how he discipled the apostles. Is modeling that over all, over, over everything else up to death on a cross, as we know. So that's the first thing for me. I want to know who the Lord is to them because all else is going to take care of itself if people are truly walking with Christ. All else will take care of itself. Really will. That's God's plan. It's his promise. I didn't say that all would be fun or that everyone will be happy. That's not God's promise. If we were, if everything was fun and everyone was happy, then we wouldn't have any reason to live, really. Because to live through strife and struggle, well, that's in fact what grows our our, our ability to persevere. And the Apostle Paul spoke of that. It also is an opportunity to grow in faith. But we're going to do this series uh, throughout the year, uh, or a couple of years, because we're headed into a presidential cycle after the midterms. So we'll look at President Trump. Uh, we'll look at Ron DeSantis, some of the other people who think they're going to get there. I don't see anyone else who's really going to get there yet. But, you know, people always try to surprise. Mitt Romney's going to try to run. <laughs> you can see this in his op-eds, et cetera. And, um, he thinks it's his turn. He's going to try to run. I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to do some threat to split the ticket, Romney, because he's so desperate to be president. But let's start with where things are at today. We have an ungodly man in the White House. Joe Biden is ungodly. Joe Biden is opposed to God's definition of man and woman. Joe Biden is opposed to the existence of the immune system that God created. Joe Biden is in favor of teaching kids pure racism. Joe Biden is a dishonest thief who has stolen taxpayer money and has sold our, our, our offices, our high offices, through his son, who is deeply, deeply, deeply hurt, very damaged meth addict, sex addict, it appears. At least we know he's a meth addict. I would regard him as a sex addict. Uh, that, that he has grifted on that for his entire adult life. He's gotten, he's gotten he's stinking rich um, on, on the way of graft. That's who he is. He's corrupt to the core. He is a brutal liar. He is a congenital liar. 
I don't know that he is even aware of the truth of who Joe Biden is. We, we explored that earlier. Who is Joe Biden in hour one? And what we came to, the conclusion is that Joe Biden is all the people who run Joe Biden. He's whoever, whoever handles the teleprompter, whoever hands him a piece of paper to sign, whoever wrote the thing for his auto pen to sign. That's who Joe Biden is. Joe Biden, who is, 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 is whoever gets to be in the room with Joe Biden. That's who Joe Biden is. Up to and including his deeply damaged, very sad son, for whom I pray, Hunter Biden. Can you imagine the, re- the, the glory it would bring the Lord Jesus to see Hunter Biden redeemed? Can you imagine that? And what could come to pass if that actually happened, if we actually prayed that into existence? And, and if that was God's heart, he could do that. And this is beginning to show in the electorate, and it's also beginning to show in the Mockingbird media. Biden's approval rating is down to about 28%. And it continues to take massive hits. And I was kind of joking at the beginning of the show that they've tried so many things. Putin's tax hike. Putin's gas tax. Putin's inflation. And it was just last week that that the figurehead was reading a speech from a teleprompter and the phone in his pocket rang and, and he said, that's that's probably Trump calling me. So he continues to have the one constant in his mind is Donald Trump. That's the one constant. There's the, the, the names of his kids aren't a constant. The president under whom he worked, Barack Hussein Obama. mm -mm -mm, That's not, that's not, that's not present in his mind where he was born. Isn't always there. The college he attended isn't always there. Words he's spoken his whole life are gone. The name of his wife is gone on occasion. Or he'll say, I'm I'm Jill's wife. That's gone. But what's present is Donald John Trump. And they're trying other things. Like they've, they've found a way to punish the border patrolmen. A couple of the border patrolmen in the non-whipping incident that never happened. One of the ways they've found to punish one of these Border Patrol agents is he raised his voice. I'm actually not kidding. He raised his voice at people breaking into the country illegally. They're going to punish him for that. And his horse headed in the direction of a child. (laughs) His horse on which he was riding started to head in the direction of a child. Did it hit the child? No. Did it threaten the child? No. Was the child in danger from the horse? No, it, but it headed in his direction. So the, the, their uh, accountability office, their office of professional responsibility, uh, it says that they found multiple infractions. No, they didn't. They invented them. So they're trying this. They're trying to declare abortion a public health emergency. Now, they're going to do this with guns. I, I, I'm telling you, just as I told you that COVID will never be over, they'll never let it go. Just as I said from the third day, because I was asked to withhold commentary for three days, I was asked to do that. I wasn't told, by the way. I was asked, please withhold commentary for three days when, when the lockdown in Washington State began. And I said on the air, I've been asked to withhold comments. I have a lot to say, but out of respect, I will do as I've been asked, but I have a lot to say. And at that point, we announced this is political. It's lockdown. It's a swindle. This is a lie. This is all politics. And then we got serious that it never ends. Then at that point, I began to notice that that tie back to guns or public health crisis. When I began to understand what they can do with emergency powers because we let them do it. I said, way back, way back, why are they calling everything related to guns a public health crisis? Now we know. Biden's trying this to make abortion a public health crisis. His advisors are trying to figure out how they can do this. Therefore, the Supreme Court's ruling doesn't matter. It's no longer with the states. It's once again with the federal government. And that goes right back to there's no constitution um, if there is a flu, a bad flu. So they're trying this. This is an attempt to prop up the figurehead. It's also an attempt to continue to make, well, the Baal happy because Baal's furious. Baal said, hey, kill me some babies. And Baal's company, Planned Parenthood, is, is, well, the boss said, kill babies. 
in mass on an industrial scale. And that, and then and Bale was saying, hey, stop with this reluctance of abortion. Don't, you know, stop calling sacrifice to me reluctant. You need to do this joyfully and with your whole heart. You need to shout your abortion. And so the Bales at Planned Parenthood started to say, shout your abortion. So there's a lot going on there with, with trying, to, trying to ramp up what Biden is. And we talked about last hour who he is. So we're going to look at DeSantis. Because DeSantis is, in many ways, um, the pure antidote to this. And it's, it's going to be a fascinating thing because the media has already begun, already begun to attack DeSantis. We'll talk about that, some of the ways they're attacking him, what they're saying about him. You know about Governor, or I should say the dictator of California, Gavin Newsom. He ran ads in the state of Florida, all about trying to get into a fight with, uh, with Ron DeSantis. What Newsom wanted was video of, of Ron DeSantis fighting back against him so he could turn that into a campaign ad. So he could say to his victims in the, uh, the former state of California, the country of California, oh, look, I'm being attacked by Ron DeSantis. I must be doing something right. So the media will continue to play that game even as they're beginning to break with Biden. This is NBC News running a piece that is as close as it gets to them criticizing the figurehead. What we have going on is a massive human rights violation in our country, and he's not responding to that level. As many Democrats plead for a fighter, President Biden is pointing out the limits of his power. I'm just stating a basic fundamental notion. The fastest way to restore Roe is to pass a national law codifying Roe. After signing an executive order on access to abortion medication and emergency contraception. If you want to change the circumstances for women, and even little girls in this country. Please go out and vote. But some Democrats who did vote in 2020 are frustrated with the administration's failure to push through their agenda, pass the big ticket legislation, and Biden's own reluctance or inability to use the bully pulpit to change people's minds. Democrats don't fight hard enough for nothing. Like, like right now, we might have to be in a recession and they're not even trying to fight to help or nothing. And Biden, to me, he's just talking circles. Biden was elected to restore competency and stability to Washington after Donald Trump. But his job approval trails other recent presidents, including Trump, at this point in the election cycle. After a lingering pandemic, the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, failure to stem rising costs, failure to pass voting rights legislation, and a failure to substantially address climate change or immigration challenges. Has the Biden administration done a good job handling the border? They haven't done enough, no. Whispers that Biden's age and leadership style make him ill-suited to run again in 2024 have gone very public. If he served out, served out a second term, he'd be 86 years old. Um, I'm not sure if any of us know of any 86-year-olds who should be running the entire country. Yeah, specifically not that guy. So that's how NBC News is now positioning the figurehead. And they're doing everything they can. And you heard it too. You heard the bias. They're doing everything they can to make it seem like this is not all by design. The gas prices are by design. It's exactly what Biden's people told him to do. He's doing it. The inflation is, in my judgment, by design. It's exact. It's everything that's happening can once again be summed up by that clip I have of the technocrat bosses saying, why don't we just blow it up. Why don't we just blow the system up? That's what they said. It was about healthcare or vaccines, but it can describe everything else because they've broken it so badly. Why not bust it completely and rebuild it? Which is the purpose in my judgment of having the figurehead there to begin with is here's your fall guy. You can criticize, and I do, the leftist portion of the party. And remember, it's not Republican versus Democrat. Mitch McConnell proved that. We talked about Mitch coming up. Or did I already talk about Mitch? Yeah, Mitch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mitch McConnell's Satan's little helper. We just talked about that. So it's not Republican versus Democrat, but the leftist portion of the party plays a far longer game than the Republicans. So they could look at Biden as a complete sacrifice just blame it on him, and now people could just feel the country's broken. So Ron DeSantis, reviewing him as a presidential candidate. Let's go down the list of priorities. Number one, 
In terms of faith, I have no idea. I've seen some statements. Uh, I've heard a little audio. I have no idea what the Lord Jesus means to Ron DeSantis, and that worries me. If he's not openly speaking of his relationship with Christ Jesus, then I doubt that he has a relationship with Christ Jesus. My experience is, maybe yours is different, that people who've truly been changed by the Spirit want to speak about Jesus and they want to share Jesus with others. I don't see DeSantis doing that. So perhaps it's, you know, clever as a serpent, or was it wise as a serpent, clever as a dove? Maybe he wants to win office and then begin to speak about it. But at that point... You're not willing to, to be openly proclaiming your faith, then I worry about that. But on the other areas, I worry far, far less. No one in the Republican Party is actually ever going to take on pharma. No one. They're too afraid. There is no Republican office holder who will take on big pharma. Not one. Not even Rand Paul. They all use the scapegoat psychopath, Tony Fauci, so that they can avoid going at big pharma. That's a thing against DeSantis. He too will not go against big pharma. He's now, he's gotten, but he's gotten as close as anyone ever has. And this is one of the DeSantis versus Trump scenarios that has me concerned for President Trump. You cannot hide any longer from, from people who even want to lightly read the news what pharma has done. This is just coming out as I record the show. Once again, a national insurance company. This is once again, Lincoln National. For those who forgot or didn't hear me mention it the first time, it's the fifth largest insurance company in the United States of America. They have reported a 163% increase in death benefits paid out under its life insurance policies in 2021. The year after we had the magic injections. 163% increase. Someone eventually is not going to be able to avoid talking about this. And I will say again, my firm belief, if President Trump runs again, they will put this on him. They put the pandemic, which was never a pandemic until they changed the rules. They put that on his doorstep. The mockingbirds conspired with Fauci to force Trump's hand. It was an absolute takedown job. It was brilliantly done. COVID was the election and election was COVID. They used it so brilliantly. They will turn course and they will hang this around President Trump's neck and they will blame him and Fauci will blame him and the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna will say, we never wanted it. In fact, the CEO of Pfizer is already on record saying he's surprised they chose the mRNA. He's already beginning to, to cover his behind. Ron DeSantis has gotten closer than anyone on actually going after Big Pharma. The bill that we're going to sign today is called the No Patient Left Alone Act, and it increases patient protections and ensures Florida families have a fundamental right to visit their loved ones receiving care in Florida hospitals, hospices, and long-term care facilities. The bill bans uh, facilities from requiring visitors to show proof of COVID vaccination. Also, policies cannot prohibit physical contact such as hugging between their loved ones. They would actually police this where you go in and you said, okay, you may be able to go, but you can't give uh, your wife a hug or you can't give your, your, your kid a hug. I mean, give me a break. And so we need to be able to protect that. Uh, this ensures families can be there and patients can have their support system around them when it ma matters most. You can't argue with that. Only COVID absolutist, COVID cultist can argue with that. But I will say this. DeSantis was the first of the big governors to completely, completely decry the lockdowns, completely decry the injection diktats. He has gotten as close as anyone to going after pharma. The downside for President Trump is he's on record like six weeks ago, still touting the mRNA. He brought, I have the audio, I've played it on the program. President Trump's people or him decided to bring 
some of the big bosses of pharma to a speech. And it was a catastrophe. The audience was silent. Some people booed. I've never seen someone that Donald John Trump bought on stage met with rude silence, or in this case, proper silence, and in fact, some boos. Pretty remarkable. So Ron DeSantis, in terms of going at Big Pharma, to me is the only Republican who's ever even gotten close to going at Big Pharma. And I consider Big Pharma to be, um, in addition to um, to the intelligence services, so-called, I think of Big Pharma as the most dangerous partner the party has. But what about the other areas? Mitch McConnell is surrendering on the culture war. So what about the other areas? DeSantis, as we continue to look ahead to some of the candidates. All right, this took a long time for a reason. We wanted to make sure that the designs were absolutely what we wanted them to be. We do finally have the Todd Herman Show store. So it's the Todd Herman Show store. You can go to the ToddHermanShow.com. We're starting off with just t-shirts. And incidentally, I already got a note from someone. I got a note from someone saying, your name is so small on this. Why doesn't it say on the front, the Todd Herman Show? And I appreciate that. That's very nice of you to say. Um, But the Lord's name is our banner. The Lord is our banner. Yeah, it says on the back of the shirt, it says the Todd Herman Show, the Emerald City Exile. The front of the shirts, there's two separate designs. When they both feature lions, it's the Lion of Judah, and it both has the same quote, the only knee we take is to the Lord. One of them is just a lion. The other is a lion with a beautiful rendering of Christ crossed um, right next to the lion. So you have, frankly, the lion and the lamb together. There's black, there's gray. That's what we started with. Basic black, basic gray, all the all the sizes that you can get. These are 29 bucks. And I'll tell you, we make 10 bucks off of each t-shirt, just so I'm completely transparent on this. People ask about how to help the show. This is twofold. One, it gives us, it makes us some money. And, and I want to be clear, the Lord has blessed us. I'm not sitting here asking for handouts. The Lord has blessed us. With you, with great partners, that's not what this is about, but it's about earning more money. Got that, 10 bucks per shirt. The other thing is it gives you an opportunity to advertise the show. So my personal favorite, if I had to choose, you know what, I think it'd be for separate occasions. I think the gray shirts would be a visiting with friends occasion. I think that the black shirt would be visiting with opponents. I think one of them, the black ones, I'm more of a black shirt than gym guy. If you want to know, but I do have both of them. Just go to the ToddHermanShow.com, scroll down. You'll see a link there. The store by the Todd Herman Show merch. So DeSantis gets as close as anyone to going after Big Pharma by way of going after what they did to human beings. And what they did to human beings was they destroyed them. They destroyed kids' lives. They destroyed mental health. We know about this. DeSantis wins on that front. I'm sorry to big you know, fans of President Trump. We owe President Trump a whole lot. But President Trump created for himself a huge hole with the lockdown and continuing to back Big Pharma is a very, very bad thing for the country. It's also very, very bad for President Trump. So DeSantis wins that round. Now, fighting the left, it would take an enormous, enormous effort for someone to beat Donald Trump at this. Truly. The president fought the machine called what he called the deep state, which I call the party. He fought that. Absent pharma, he's not gonna. He's not able to apologize for getting rolled by Pharma and Tony Fauci in the creating of the creation of the lockdowns and the poisonous shots. But in terms of critical race theory, well, when he learned of it, he was aghast and the president began taking action. He, he got it out of the military. The figureheads, people have forced the figurehead to put it back. He was working to get it out of the schools. The figureheads, people tripled down. They wanted in the schools because they want to swiftly destroy the country. You'll notice that Mitch McConnell stood aside in all of this. As we talked about last hour, Mitchell McConnell is Satan's best little helper. 
standing aside in this to this day. He doesn't want his donor's hands dirty by the social issues. On the topic of perverting our kids, President Trump has spoken the words, parents do not want their kids mutilated. That's what he said. He's spoken those words out loud. He's spoken about the transgender lie. President Trump is strong on this. He brought Antifa into the debates. Chris Matthews, of course, couldn't be bothered to follow up on the point because he's a party member. The media wanted to pretend it was an idea. Joe Biden wanted to pretend it was an idea. President Trump brought it up. He mentioned it. He never did get around to going after Black Lives Matter Incorporated by name, but by reputation, President Trump went after them. He offered, when Seattle allowed itself to have six blocks of its city taken over by Black Lives Matter Incorporated terrorists, he offered to send the National Guard, to deploy the National Guard. He offered to get more security there. And of course, the so-called mayor there, Jenny Durkin, said no. She was too busy handing them a billion dollars. And she did hand them a billion dollars in goods and cash. A billion bucks. So it'd be very, very difficult for anyone to do more to actually fight the left head on than President Trump. We've got the Roe versus Wade over Roe versus Wade overturned that I never, like you probably never thought I'd see in my lifetime, direct result of President Trump's work with the judicial nominees. Mitch McConnell does get some credit there. So it'd be very, very difficult for anyone to actually do more to fight the left in that way than President Trump. He deserves every bit of reputation he has for being a fighter. He's earned it. Absolutely. Except for pharma. Except for the lockdowns. And except for one more thing. The rigged financial system. Neither Trump nor DeSantis is really touching the rigged financial system. President Trump has mentioned... The D.C. people making too much money, so has DeSantis. They've mentioned the unfair retirement plans together, so has DeSantis. Both of them has mentioned this. No one has yet gone after BlackRock. None of them really gone after Vanguard. None of them have really gone after Bill Gates. None of them are really going after the World Economic Forum, although the president has identified them as the global elites. And in the picture that makes the argument with Prime Minister Abe, God rest him, who was just murdered, um, assassinated in Japan. There's that iconic photo of Abe who's standing up and he's got his arms crossed. President Trump is seated with his arms crossed and he has that Trump smirk on his face. Not really a smirk, but more like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to stop. And all the world bosses, Merkel and, and all the uh, all the big time party bosses are leaning in on him. Trudeau, the president should say, no, I'm not going to do it. I think DeSantis would have that same attitude, but the president's displayed that attitude. But DeSantis, in terms of fighting the left, he is not a slouch. Let's start with this. When the left dispatched a bunch of people to go stand outside the homes of Supreme Court justices, the hapless, corrupt, so-called Department of Justice head, Merrick Garland, refuses to enforce the law. What they're doing is illegal. You know what he's done to the Jan 6 prisoners. You know about 534 days of solitary confinement. You know they've not been allowed to see their families. You know that they've invented charges where it's been just absolutely disproven. Oh, he's the head of the Oath Keepers. No, he actually never joined the Oath Keepers. Well, he stole stuff in the building. He was never in the building. Things like this. But of course, Merrick Garland won't go after the people going after the Supreme Court justices or threatening Kavanaugh when he's at dinner and running him out of a restaurant. Ron DeSantis took a different view. Well, you had someone travel from, you know, halfway around the country to come and murder Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, that was like not even significant news in a lot of the the, the mainstream media. Um, and not only was it significant because it's an attack on somebody's life, they're trying to change the outcome of decisions that they are concerned that they don't like. And that is just totally uh, antithetical to a rule of law. Well, and that's one way to say it. And that's true. It also happens to be part of the plan. Happens to be part of what they're doing, part of the plan. So DeSantis will call that out. He'll call out other things in the culture war. Uh, the social issues. I don't, I don't know. We need more chickens and more pies. It's, uh, social issues. Uh, it's poison to the party. 
He's an anecdote to McConnell. So is Trump. That's one of the reasons McConnell hates Trump. It's because he was an anecdote to the shiny shoeism. Ron DeSantis has been all over critical race theory. We're here today because we believe in education, not indoctrination. We are not going to use your tax dollars to teach our kids to hate this country or to hate each other. And I know it has the goofy music. And I'll tell you something I did for the show that I don't normally do is I went to his Twitter. And you know what he has? He has 30 second sound bites. But what are they about? Accomplishments. What are they about? Legislation. What are they about? Uh, don't fight. You're bringing social issues. You're going to say uh, you're going to say social issues. Yeah, I'm going to say social issues because there's no such thing. DeSantis is defending the fabric of society. DeSantis is saving children from having their minds polluted. This is fighting. It's fighting with legislation or executive orders, or most of this stuff has been bills he signed. They're not even executive orders. He's getting stuff through his house and Senate. And yes, Florida is a conservative state, but he's doing it. Can you actually ban critical race theory? Well, they'll call it something else and they'll teach it in a different way, but it gives you a toolkit. You put the cost on them. Under Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell, George Soros eats free dinners out of the brains of our kids. Under Mitch McConnell, Big Pharma eats dinner on the brains and bodies of our kids. DeSantis is one of the people who I think is so keyed to stop this. And I do believe he believes in these things. I think that the evidence is he believes in these things. Oh, then we get to the um, area of personal finances and Ron DeSantis. You know what his net worth is? Last time I checked, it's about $400,000. Yeah, I know. That's from a sale of a house. Serve rather than be served. With that mention of finances, of course, I want to just mention one more thing about Bulwark Capital Management and my friend Zach Abraham there. Um, if you are... And we have some questions coming up for Zach this week. Uh, people send in, I asked last week that people send in questions. I got, this is, I get all, all sorts of questions like this. I'm 53. I've only got about $800,000. Is there any reason for me to do anything other than panic? Is basically what the notes say. Do I even have a chance at retirement? Well, I've asked Zach that question multiple times. And you know what Zach has told me? Yeah, you do. If you act now. But if you start writing that note when you're 55 or 56 or 57, well, eventually the answer is no, you're going to work the rest of your life. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is this. I got a note from a gentleman who said, I've been really fortunate in life. God has blessed me. I've worked very, very hard. I have a personal net worth of about $9 million. Can Zach tell me why someone like me would need his services? And I'll ask Zach that. Some more questions in that, but I, uh, here's my immediate responses. That's fantastic. How are you doing in risk management? Is your portfolio calibrated for that? Because $9 million today, when the Fed is playing the games it can play, and the figurehead's doing the things he could do, that could become $3 million. Now, that's still a lot of money. You're probably going to be okay, but then that depends on what your structure is and your expenses, what you intend to leave to your kids. See, this is the zealous focus on risk management. Certainly growing that portfolio, everybody wants that. Everybody, that's a win for everybody. It's a win for Bulwark Capital Management and it's a win for you. But in either sense, one is risking never being able to retire and working the rest of your life. The other is risking thinking you've got it all together. In either case, call Zach Abraham's Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor.
Yes, yeah, so DeSantis is not, at this point, um, sold his public office to get rich. He's not selling the uh, office that belongs to the taxpayers of, of, uh, of Florida. And that's good. That's what we want out of people to not, to not do that. Kind of him. He's fighting in other arenas, and this also gets very, very close to Big Pharma. There's a reason that I put Big Pharma at the center of the party is because they're aligning with Big Tech. Pharma and tech are becoming one. Remember we talked months ago about that article, the virtuals versus the physicals? It's not my phraseology. It's a writer from Canada. It's a brilliant, brilliant construct. That what you happen you have are people in the idea class, completely separated from people who work with their hands. In fact, the idea class looks down on people who work with their hands. We're stupid or we're slow or we're bitter or we're clingers. Not that I work with my hands. I'm actually in the idea economy, but I come from working from my hands. I still do it, but not like not not for a living, sadly. But the crossing over is the virtuals beginning to create computer code that they then medicinize, which they then weaponize, which is what the mRNA is in my judgment. It's weaponized computer code made medicine. So that crosses over into our bodies. That the people who control how digital economies flow and where our pictures are stored and whether or not you can listen to your music from the cloud, now they want to control our very bodies. So when pharma and tech align, you now have a supervillain. And when they then reach out to get the services of deep staters like Tony Fauci, now you have a triply dangerous supervillain of supervillains. When you take that and you add to that Klaus Schwab in the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates, who want to be able to force us into a behavioral, behavioral kill chain, uh, behavioral kill shoot eating fake meats, and, and, and being subservient to them for food, now you have an almost um, unconquerable world of evil without the help of God Almighty, and he's still there. But that's the reason I put pharma at the center of, of that equation. God's at the center of the show. But DeSantis has taken on the party in another place. He was one of the very first to speak out about this. He has used the language that you're not to use. And DeSantis has never backed down on this topic. We're prepared for what Biden throws our way. Uh, and, you know, yes, part of it's the inflation and the gas. Part of it are intentionally destructive policies, like trying to deny school lunch programs for states that don't do transgender ideology in the schools. I mean, give me a break. Totally off his rocker to be doing that. We're fighting on that. Don't worry. So we're just prepared to be able to defend the taxpayers and the hardworking people in the state of Florida. And I couldn't be prouder for, for doing that. And that's, that's the, the, the tip of the sphere. It's also the very base of the pyramid. Let me, tell, let me explain what I mean. The party has been so successful at wrapping transgender ideology up in fake grace. Remember, we've talked about this, that Satan cannot create, he cannot invent, he cannot love, he can twist and he can hate. So he has twisted the notion of grace and he has hidden the mutilation of children, the theft of their sexuality, the theft of their ability to enjoy sexual union as God intended through the physical pleasure of orgasm. He's taken that from them. He's taken from them the ability to obey God's command to be fruitful and multiply. He has taken from them the ability to have the true meaning of becoming one flesh. He's stealing all of that. That's been wrapped up in fake grace. That's the tip of the spear to get between kids and families, right? It's the tip of the spear. Because now you can say to kids, if your parents do not want you to get sexually or chemically mutilated, well, then they hate you and will be your parents. Tip of the spear. But here's why it's also the base of the pyramid. If they succeed in this, if we ever, ever, ever stop fighting this, if we ever, ever, ever get into the lie of transgenderism, we have given into the literal destruction of any material reality. That's what we've given into. You can no longer say there's gravity because someone else can say, well, I believe there's not. But, but when you throw something up in the air, it comes down. Not in my lived experience. In my lived experience, it doesn't come down, but we're watching it come down. Look, I'll throw this up in the air and it'll come down. Yeah, that's your lived experience. That's not mine. And you have absolutely no footing.
No way to argue against it in a, in, in a postmodern society where there is no objective truth other than there's no objective truth. DeSantis may not understand all this at that level. Not that he can't, not that it's some kind of magical understanding. He's very busy running a state. But he understands somehow the perverse evil of this, and he's fighting it, and in that, he's fighting big pharma. Now, I certainly believe President Trump will do the same thing on that topic. I think he's evolved. I do. I think he's come to realize the fraud. I think the president fell for the fake grace because you remember early on, President Trump had said, sure, people can use whatever bathrooms they want. I have no problem with that. Then he began to look at this and say, wait a minute, these people haven't had surgery? What are you talking about? These are men. No, 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 no. This is not what they said it was. No, they're lying in a very Trumpian way. So they're lied to us. Okay, so no, no, we're not going to do that. On the culture wars, it's tie, except for performance. DeSantis is catching up. Trump did it bully pulpit style. He did some executive orders. He stripped it for the military. Those are actions. DeSantis is getting this done in terms of legislation. So imagine this. Imagine that there's a Republican president and a Republican House and a Republican Senate. Which person will be more successful? President Trump or Ron DeSantis as president? You're imagining Mitch McConnell still gets to be the boss of the Senate. Kevin McCarthy probably made Speaker of the House. Two shiny shoes. Two party members. Both of them act absolute kiss-ups to pharma. Both of them blatant cowards in the culture wars. Both of them serving themselves rather than, rather, you know, not serving others, but serving themselves. So if we had that imaginary situation and we're imagining two possible futures, Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican President, that president could be President Ron DeSantis or that president could be President Donald John Trump. Who is more likely to succeed in that scenario? And that's a dual-edged sword, right? Because succeeding in that scenario would mean, to some degree, working with a Mitchell McConnell or a Kevin McCarthy, wouldn't it? Now that gets it complicated in my mind. Likewise, it can seem so complicated trying to solve a big problem like um, you know, if I'm to think back about 150 pounds of unwanted fat in my body, that that was a big problem. And I can remember when I decided to finally rid myself of that fat. I remember my first baby steps towards that. We lived in South Seattle and I ate dinner. And at night, because I didn't want anyone to see me running, uh, I, I got dressed and put on a rain shirt and walked up to the school and ran the dirt track and I think I succeeded that night in running a mile, uh, 150 pounds heavier than I am now. And I'm sure I ran it slowly. And what I remember was, gosh, it hurts to run. Wow, this really hurts. How did I ever enjoy running? And it was a big problem. Now, my weight loss journey, my fat loss journey began by going to an event uh, that was put on by the pro club in um, at Microsoft back when I was blessed to have a job like that. And I listened to this seminar and I thought, okay, I can do this. I, I can do this. It's based on a book called The Zone. The Zone's a good book. It can be very effective. With that, I dropped about 50 pounds and then it stopped. I stayed on The Zone. I continued to lift weights like a madman. I just found some of these pictures. I talked about them in this, in this last show and, and showed them to some friends and friends who know me now are like, wow, you were huge. I'm like, yeah, I was fat. No, no, you were huge. Look at that. Like, yeah, I, I lifted a lot of weights then. But the fat wouldn't come off. I was stuck. It was too big of a problem for me. When I finally got help, it was from healthcare professionals. 
That's what soda weight loss is. Okay, soda are healthcare professionals who will find that sticking point. If you're not succeeding in your own, it's because you have a sticking point. I found out that my sticking point was bread. You can eat some after you lose your fat, but if you continue to eat it, you're stuck. Flavored waters, that's a sticking point for you. The times you eat, that's a sticking point for you. See, soda weight loss will treat you like an individual because you are. Get over that sticking point. You've done what you can on your own. It's sodaweightloss.com. It stands for state of the art, because they certainly are state of the art. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. So this is the scenario. There is a Republican majority house. There's a Republican majority Senate. And we have a Republican president and a conservative leaning Supreme Court, or I should say a constructionist leaning Supreme Court, which of late has shown itself willing to do some things. Now we have a chief executive, Ron DeSantis and Donald John Trump. Now it gets interesting because on topics like the border, President Trump and Ron DeSantis agree. We have a sanctuary federal government right now uh, because the federal government has just decided that it is not going to fill its responsibilities uh, to follow the law and to properly execute the laws and constitution of the United States. And that's, you know, from the president on down, these people took an oath uh, to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. And they are violating that oath of office with their reckless open border policies. So today, Florida fights back. He's done a lot of that through legislation. They agree on the border. Here's the calculus. If President Trump is reelected, God willing that occur, he is instantly under attack by the party. Mitch McConnell will refuse to work with him. Kevin McCarthy will pretend to work with him. Again, if Fauci's still there, he'll look to kneecap him. If Fauci leaves, and he probably would, then you have Rochelle Walensky looking to kneecap him, to destroy him. You have the international party, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, will look to destroy him. Now, Trump's seen that. He's fought it. I don't think there's a possibility that people who are as psychopathic as Gates and Schwab are going to go, well, let's give up. We tried it before and it's not going to work. I don't, I don't think there's that. But I could see them tiring. I could see them going, I cannot believe this. This guy's back. And I can see Trump going to McConnell and saying, I'm back, Mitch. I said I'd come back and I'm back. I'm here for four years. You want me out of here in four years with you having some semblance of ability to hold this thing together, then work with me. If not, Mitch, you are going to be enemy number one. I know what you did to me. I know what you did in J6. I know you didn't want the extra security. I know you called it a coup. I know what you did to people who were peacefully protesting, not people who vandalized, not people who committed violence. I know what you did, Mitch. And Kevin, I know you lied. I saw what you said about me to the Facebook executives. I saw it. So Kevin, Mitch, here's the deal. I'm in for four years. You could try again to get me out, but I'm not going to, not going to pretend that you guys are my friends ever again. We can be colleagues. We can work together. These are my priorities. I want my border wall. I want my border wall. I want Fauci gone. I want Black Lives Matter Incorporated investigated. Just like you did with J6, but worse. Because they actually did these things in concert with somebody. I want to know who funded them. I want Antifa done the same. I want this shooting up with wrong sex hormones of little kids to stop. Now. I want all this transgender lie removed from the federal government now. I want the rigged financial system unrigged. I want to drill. I want to be an oil exporter again. Those are my priorities, gentlemen. If you stand in my way, I will call you out. Now, President Trump's going to have a lot of other priorities, such as he will want to get down to the business of dealing with the people who dealt with him. He will. 
My hope is that the president's able to forgive. Not that there aren't people who deserve punishment. Forgiveness doesn't mean it's okay. It doesn't mean I'm not going to come at you. I'm not going to ask for righteousness. But forgiving in his heart because I want the godly president. And I do think it would be hilarious if President Trump made General Flynn the head of the Department of Justice. I think that would be fun. And I think Flynn would do a pretty good job. I think it would be funny. I think it would be fun, hilarious, entertaining. DeSantis, on the other hand, DeSantis is going to be an unknown quantity to McConnell and McCarthy to some degree. I'm sure he has a reputation. It's a small club. But DeSantis has the opportunity to go into D.C. completely untested by McConnell and McCarthy. He can be an enigma to them. The real decision here, beyond ours as voters, is theirs. President Trump and Ron DeSantis. I hope and I pray that if both these men run and one of these men is in fact the nominee, that they will find graciousness and practicality and they will find a way to work together, really work together. Not, and I don't know that DeSantis is going to be anyone's VP. Why would he? But to work together, not just to campaign, but to work. Lastly, I just described three Great earthly powers, presidency, Senate, the House. I don't believe Mitch McConnell is going to come to God. Why should he? He is God in his own eyes. Well, that's unfair. That's how he acts. That's what I think. McCarthy, I feel the same about McCarthy. So the godly person will have to be in the Oval Office. That's what I think we have to discern through this period of time is who are the godly people? Who are they? That's case for DeSantis. We'll get around to doing the case for Trump and other people as they arise. I would love your feedback on this at the ToddHermanShow.com. That's also, of course, where the merchandise store now lives. Todd Herman Show t-shirts, first generation. The only other time people have been able to get them has been at live events. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and pray for discernment as we begin to plot our earthly course.